private practice playbook, playbook. It's a private practice playbook, playbook. Hello and welcome to the private, I'm sure they give an introduction with the name of the podcast, so I probably don't even need to do that. What am I, what am I doing? So I'm squeezing this episode in before the Christmas holiday break and uh, just want to thank all of you who have been listening to the, to the podcast. I hope you find it helpful. We've had a a lot of people who have shown up at events, uh, become clients. It's been fun to to kind of watch that and as they take things to the next level. So, um, you know, this is an incredibly either fun time of year for people or it's incredibly stressful. And so I wanted to take a few minutes today and just share with you some of the most important things that uh, over, you know, 30 plus years of running a business that the end of the year brings and how to how to really engage it and to have fun with it. And it's always interesting. You know, I do a lot of workshops, uh, had a private client this week, and and we had our all-company, you know, planning retreat for next year in December. We had our Christmas party. You know, I've got, uh, you know, it's it, it ends up being chaotic. You know, everyone who you do business with wants to get stuff done by the end of the year. And, and, and so... I'm sure you have patients want to be seen and, and, and team members want to have off. But I think it's important to keep the context. You know, the, the calendar has been the same. Ever since I've been born, the calendar has been the same. I, I remember as a young person, I couldn't remember the months. So, like, I, if I had to go through the months, I, I had a hard time remembering the months. I, I think back about that. But today, those months are so etched in, in my brain. And, and we, you know, when you get to the month of December, it has so much importance and how you embrace it. And it is a, an opportunity to transition into the new calendar year. So it's, it's interesting. And what I notice about people who are enjoying life is they embrace the process of using that tick of the calendar not to make, you know, drunk New Year's resolutions that they keep for two days, but to really put some significant time into a healthy process of looking back and seeing what really got done. You know, we, we have an annual tradition uh, where our team puts together a year in review video. And, you know, last week at our kickoff, that's what we started with, is to watch the year in review. And, and I remember the first, and this happens every year, I, I feel, uh, feel that I didn't get enough done. I feel like I left a lot on the table. And then when you watch that video, you really realize that, you know, you made a lot of progress. And so it's really important for you to be able to acknowledge your progress and for you to be able to acknowledge where you may have not made the progress you want. But the most important thing is not to put yourself in like a vice grip of, oh, I didn't get anything done. Everything's terrible, blah, blah, because that's actually never the case. But the most important skill for you to have 
is to, you know, many of my clients are self-proclaimed perfectionists. And perfectionists are sort of notorious for ending up in, in the old days, perfectionists used to end up in insane asylums because they drove, you know, people just thought they were crazy because they would obsess about things. And so, you know, if you are one of those people who has an obsessive personality, we want to learn to use that as a strength not as something that you, you essentially torment yourself with. You know, and I see this a lot with clients and, and, you know, we do a lot of testing and various tests to help people have greater self-awareness. And so what I want you to do is to just really take a few minutes and review the year. And, you know, I promise when you do it, you're gonna find that you had some team members who really stepped up you actually got more accomplished than you really thought you did. You, you know, I mean, and, and, and giving yourself that, that, uh, that, I guess you could call it grace, giving yourself that, uh, I'm not asking you to give yourself a pat on the back if you've been, you know, like slothful and lazy. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. But, you know, this is the time to take inventory. And it was interesting. I was with a client yesterday and, and, you know, and I won't go into the details about this, but it, it was clear that the, there were some, you know, personal things going on. And that's the other thing I want you to think about is that in running a practice or running a business, the problem you have is when you're the leader and you have personal things going on, it bleeds into the business. And sometimes you can't see it. So the other thing you have to do at this annual turn of the calendar. I mean, this is, this is where we get to keep score. This is where we get to review what happened. And this is where we get to sort of start a clean slate. So, and as we were talking through some of these things, you know, I said, listen, you, you want to take a little break and you want to kind of come back a new person. I mean, the turn of the year is an opportunity to reinvent yourself a little bit. And, and I don't want to be corny about that, but I can't imagine, I was thinking back about all the years of doing what I do and, and watching clients who have this uncanny ability to beat themselves up about when they are actually making progress or beating themselves up, you know, when they actually didn't make any change, which is another really bad idea, you know, instead of just making the change, right? So what I, what I, what I wanted to get through to you today was this is, Take the time to look back, take the time to find the bright spots, express some appreciation. You know, we had, we had an opportunity, you know, at our retreat to identify some key players, to acknowledge some, really everyone's behavior. Uh, we, we, we threw a, a pretty incredible Christmas party and that was just my way of saying, hey, you know, I appreciate everybody. Thank you. And, and we also are realistic about, you know, we could have done better and we'll do better next year and, and figuring out how to make that fun. So please, so we think about this. We've got the financial transactions, in other words, the tax calendar. So at this time of year, you want to be very conscientious about what you're doing with any money that's in your business accounts. And the best strategy that I can tell you is that, if rather than paying tax and taking the income at the end of the year, normally you want to repurpose any extra money into something that's going to grow the business next year. It's, it's the most fantastic 
play that any business owner can make. Meaning, if I have some money sitting in the bank at the end of the year, I don't want to just take it as income because you're going to be taxed on it by January 15th. If I can invest in something that's going to grow the business, if it's a if it's a coaching program or an event or something, or if it's a piece of equipment sometimes, and you guys want to be careful about doing that too much, you know, those are the things that can be really meaningful, right? So for instance, I've got a new coaching class starting in January. So if you're listening to this over the holidays and, and you know, it's finally the time you're like, listen, I, I and I'm going to remind you of something. So many people think that they're going to change. And I'm going to give you a little secret. If you've gone year after year after year thinking that you're going to change and you didn't do it, I'm going to tell you what the problem is. You didn't do the one thing that you've got to do, which is you've got to actually make a commitment to put yourself in a position that forces that change. You know, it's, it's no different. If I want to go and fix a department in my company or a division, I've got to make a commitment to go to those divisional meetings and to participate and to contribute and to actually be there. And if I put those on my calendar, then that will be the catalyst for change. If I just, you know, you can't just will it or think it and make it happen. So I will also remind you that one of the huge success principles for particularly for business owners is we literally are in you know, a box. And when you stay in that box every day, all day, you begin to, to shrink everything that you think about. And that's why when, you know, that's why, you know, many, many years ago when I decided to start coaching people, you know, the caveat for me was they've got to come get out of their box and they've got to get a break from the intensity, the you know, the constantly being plugged into the practice. You can't work your way out of this stuff. You got to think your way out of it. And you got to get around people who inspire you or sometimes force you to do the things that you need to do. And your calendar is the number one tool. So as you flip the year, we've got this taxation issue that you want to be strategic every year. So I was working on this this morning. I'm leaving tomorrow to head out of town and don't get back to the third or fourth. So I, I, I had to sit there and, and figure out all the financial transactions that need to get done by the end of the year and make that move. And then, then I'm uh, evaluating my time. So I'll take my 2000, 23 calendar uh, and I will dissect it and I'll print it large and I'll see where did I spend my time last year? Like, was I in a bunch of meetings? Did I like being in those meetings? Was I in the right client things? And, and what I'm going to do during this break is to reset that for next year. And listen, I, you know, it's so weird, you know, I, I, again, I can't fathom a person like I don't know how your life could possibly good if you don't do this. Like I've done it so many years and I think about every year I'm able to make these massive improvements and some years are better than others, but I just want to give you the gift of having you realize that if you're going to do the exact same thing you did last year, next year, well, you, and market conditions are different, you're going to see a different result. 
you know, a few things that we're noticing is, and I do want you to be aware of this, and maybe this will help you, and is that we're, we're still suffering, and we're finally beginning to see this. You know, during COVID and after COVID, there was such great demand, and we also saw a real, real trend of not holding team members to a standard. Employers decided, you know, during the great resignation and all this stuff, employers decided that the safest strategy was to give the employees anything they wanted, and that developed into a habit. And I'm here to tell you that that is a, you know, that habit has bankrupt many businesses for, for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. And the shift has to go back to understanding that that has never been a way to grow your business. And, and I don't want to be mean about it, but if you have become soft, in other words, you have become tolerant of inappropriate behaviors, if you have allowed your team to slack off on the way they look, if you've allowed them to slack off on process, if you've allowed them to, you know, if you're you know, we teach a concept called front stage and backstage, and when, whenever the patient can see, hear, smell you, whatever, that's front stage. If you've allowed your backstage to leak into the front stage, these are going to be major, there'll be major consequences of that. And so one other shift you want to be thinking about over this period of time is, did you last year or the year before did you come up with sort of a laissez-faire management approach? And, you know, did you stop checking people's work? Did you stop telling people that 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 work is not at the level we need to be? Did you stop, you know, we had a two-year period where people didn't recruit team members, and a lot of people are still hanging over from that. There's a lot of good people out in the world, and there's a lot of people who want to work hard. You know, I know everyone says, oh, you can't, that's, that's not accurate. They're not looking for them, or they're not trying to make them. I mean, generally, people are good, you know, and, and when you create an environment where you inspire them to want to do better and you pay them to do that and you acknowledge it, then you're going to get that. If, if you create an environment where you let them do whatever they want, you have no, you know, kind of uh, uh, way, you know, so for instance, we, we have something we call, it's like our way and, and, you know, they're kind of the house rules, right? And as you know, every house has rules and, and those rules make sense and they're there for a good reason. So please like know this, that if you are a doctor and you do the right thing, meaning if you do, if you run your practice in a fair, strategic way and you provide great quality service, this is a wonderful business to be in. And there seems to be no limit to the amount of scaling. And, and don't believe for a second the, basically what I would call the propaganda of the DSOs suggesting that, you know, you'll have to come to work for us. That is literally propaganda. I mean, it's like, like Russian propaganda. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I've actually studied it and, and, and that's literally what's happening and no one's protesting it the way that they should. So, 
you know, but what I want you to think about is this. Take inventory of the following things. Number one, take inventory of your health. And what I mean by that is, are you, are you currently fit? Are you fat? Are you soft? You know what I mean? Like, is your, like if I poke you, are you, and, and, and no offense, like, but I mean, you're either, you can be way overweight you can, you know, you can be skinny, but just weak, like you're just soft, you know? I mean, you, and you have to be physically strong, right? I mean, and so if you are not currently physically strong, I heard an interesting statistic from, we have a guy we use in our coaching program, uh, and he said, if you're above 40 and you can do 40 push-ups consecutively, that you, you will most likely live longer. So see if you can knock out 40 push-ups, right? If you're above 40, that would be a good test for you. And if not, you need to change your calendar to start to exercise more in 24. And, you know, I, I give this advice to everybody every year, and it is so fun when you see a client come in. You know, we have a we keep a body fat test at our, both of our facilities and clients, every time they come in, you know, some of them, they get on that, that machine and, and to watch a person transform their body. But when they transform their body, the crazy thing is they also transform their energy. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to take inventory of your relationships. And, and when I say relationships, I mean, you have to start with the relationship that you have with yourself, meaning do you like yourself, you know? And, and, and one of the weird things about humans is we have this damn tendency of just being brutal, you know? You see that when you, when you take a picture and somebody says, give me that, and they're like, oh, it's terrible. It's great of you, but it's terrible of me, right? So you gotta start out, like, and, and, and you gotta give yourself a little grace, right? There, there are lots of things that I might wanna change, but you, know, you gotta start by liking yourself. And, and you know, and I, I know that may seem a little corny, but, Think about this, because if I don't like myself, it's highly unlikely that I'm going to be a really great spouse or partner. You know what I'm saying? And then if I don't like myself, am I going to be a really good father or mother or whatever your other primary functions are? You know, if you have parents still alive, are you going to be a good son, you know, so or a good daughter and and so the core of that is that you gotta you gotta you gotta like yourself, and the other thing I would say you know I and I see this sometimes particularly with doctors is they're not they're not as nice as they could be, so you know one thing I would say to you is, uh, and this is something every year I ask myself because every year I think to myself you know was I as nice as I could be and 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 the answer's really been never yeah, it was perfect. It's always, I could be nicer and, and you're all going to have our moments, but it's like, I just, you know, just how do we work on being nicer? And you're never nice when you don't like yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're in a bad mood, you're, you're not nice. It's, so take inventory of those relationships and, you know, putting other people first is, 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 is something very important, right? And, but start at home and you have an opportunity to do it. You know, you have an opportunity to get off your phone. Listen, your telephone is probably the greatest distractor right now among your relationships, meaning your children, your family, etc. And so you've got to make sure 
that you start practicing, and I've been challenging a lot of our clients to put their phones down for extended periods of time and to see how that goes. I mean, we basically have an epidemic of addiction to our smartphones, right? And that will ultimately affect relationships. I mean, I'm pretty sure that watching videos of cats flushing a toilet doesn't make you stronger. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's funny, but I don't think it makes you stronger. I think it makes you softer. Or, you know, the TikTok video you see or whatever it is, right? So take a look at all your relationships and start in the inner circle. You know, the other thing I would tell you is that, you know, I meet these people sometimes and they're they're kind of like, I don't know what you call it, um, a-religious, you know what I'm saying? They're like anti-religious or anti-faith or anti-belief uh, system. And, you know, that would be the other one I would say, like, how are you going to go through life without faith, right? Because, I mean, and that's the other thing right now. It's like if you just do an inventory on your level of faith. And, you know, I was with a client the other day and, you know, I, I brought this up and, and they kind of looked at me and they said, yeah, we're just we're just not where we need to be. And they said, you know, what should we do? And I said, well, you got to, it's the same thing. If you want to have a great practice, I mean, I have clients, you know, I celebrated with some clients uh, in December. They were in for a workshop and I invited them to the SEC championship game, Roll Tide. And they then took them out to dinner and we were, we were reflecting that they've been coming to see me for, they're coming up on 20 years. And, you know, and these are very, 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 you know, successful people. And, but they understood the process of getting out of the office, thinking about it, going back. And, and, and they really are tenacious and, and they're just wonderful, nice people. And, and what I want you to think about is this, is that back to the issue of faith, um, you know, right now you have a very strong decline in religious participation. And listen, I'm not a preacher, so I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not here to try to tell you what religion you should do or whatever, but I am here to tell you that life is just simply not pleasant if you think you control all things. And and I see so many people reach a wall where their ability to control things, you know, when that, when that doesn't happen, they get so confused about it. And, and going through life not having some kind of meaning or purpose or whatever, whatever it might be, I mean, it's just sort of like, I don't get it. And it's what's going on with young people, you know, they're just, that's why the suicide rates are up. That's why this you know, letting a kid sit and just watch pictures of a bunch of people faking happy and then they feel depressed. I mean, it's quite, it's quite the, it, it, you know, it, it's going to be kind of ugly. So I'll also remind you that uh, if you, and, and, and look, people go in and out of this, right? But you have to be around, you know, and participate. And, you know, one thing that I've always found very helpful in participating in any formal religious activity is that it reminds me of the most historical rules about life and 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 meaning that these principles have stood the test of time and and 
And every time I'm around that, I, it also fosters generosity. And, and, you know, one thing I want you to take inventory of is how generous were you? You know, I had a client the other day, we, and, you know, they had given a really nice number away. And, and I, you know, I said, listen, that's a huge accomplishment. And, well, take a look at that. Like, how much money did you give away last year, right? And not your crappy couches or whatever, but like actual cash money. And, you know, and, and, and prosperity allows for generosity. And so the reason why I spend so much time trying to help doctors and their families and their teams be successful is not because I think they, they the, you know, it's not about the money. It's about what, if good people do get money, then they tend to be nice and generous and they do nice things. And, and you know, I was having this conversation with someone the other day. Uh, for most people, any level of prosperity will destroy their life. I mean, it's always funny, you know, that expression, you know, if I give a talk somewhere and I say, hey, listen, money doesn't make you happy, you know, everyone in the audience is like, yeah, I, I don't buy that. And, you know, the comment is always, I need to try for myself. And, and, you know, I've studied it enough to know that if you put, if you put uh, resources into a person's life, typically it's actually going to be a negative, not a positive, unless they have been trained to handle it, unless they are working on it. So the other thing I would tell you is that if you have not accomplished what you feel is financial stability. And, and let me tell you something, you know, I sit in a room with a lot of people and I say, how much money do you have? How much real estate do you have? I mean, I look at their numbers and it's always fascinating to me how, number one, no matter how much they have, they don't feel like they're doing a good job. And that's actually not true. A lot of times I have to tell people, hey, you're doing a great job. And by the way, you need to loosen up. You're too uptight. You're, you're, you're you know, money can make people uptight. And, 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 and so it's kind of interesting if you've done well financially. So then here I would ask the question, then are you being generous? Are you being kind? Are you, you know, are you investing in people? Because that's probably what we should be doing rather than, you know, constantly buying things or whatever it might be. But so go back and, and, and take inventory of your generosity. You know, did you give of your time? Did you give of your money? And, you know, I'll remind you that a wonderful place to start next year, if you want to be generous, is with your team. And, you know, that's what, you know, like when we throw a big Christmas party, it's not about the Christmas party per se. It's about being generous with the team. It's about having fun gifts. It's about acknowledging their efforts. It's about uh, uh, their, their loved ones having a good time. It's a form of generosity. I mean, I, I don't look at it any other way. Um, and so if you want to begin to be more generous, here's good news for you. You can start at home and then you can start at work. And sometimes that generosity looks like something that you might even want to return. So training your team is a form of generosity. You know, when you take money that comes into your corporation and you, uh, you know, I sent uh, 10 or 12 people through a leadership academy this year. Uh, I don't remember what the total investment in them was, but 
you know, that's a form of generosity. Now, I don't control what they do with it. I mean, I control whether I make the investment. And, you know, probably at the end of the day, if I send 10 people through it, right, um, like, you know, one's going to leave. So that was a that was not good. Um, a few may do nothing with it. A few may be neutral and a few may do something well. So you can't, what I'm trying to say is, it's not about what they do with it. It's about whether you do it. And so there are a lot of ways, like, listen, if you call my office and you say, look, Jay, we want to put a training program together next year, start with a training program. And if you think about that, that is being generous to your team. And more importantly, it's being generous to your patients. I mean, these are your people. Like, if we improve the quality of the experience that every patient has when they walk into your office, which we do that very, very well, it has a multiplying effect. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, well, Jay, where do I start, right? You start with this. You start by saying, hey, Let's put together a year where we literally train our people the most we've ever trained them. And, and I will guarantee you that if any of you take that challenge at the end of the following year, I mean, you will be shocked. I had a, I got invited to speak to a group of orthodontists this year. And so we were, I was talking to them and I, you know, I showed them something and then they bought the training and I was talking to one the other day. He's like, I've never seen my team so engaged. And I said, that's the power of feeding humans. You know, when you feed humans, they do well. And so the goal of this today is to feed you. So listen, give yourself some grace. Take advantage of the turning of the clock. Take advantage of some time. Do something simple, meaning uh, make sure you uh, have, have really sort of assessed these areas. My general advice is wherever you're a train wreck, intensify it. So like if your marriage is in trouble, get to counseling. If your body's in trouble, get a trainer. So the, remember, the key to this is never letting one area denigrate too much. If you're in financial trouble, then let's get you some help with that, et cetera, et cetera. So, hey, listen, it is, uh, it's been a fun year. I appreciate all of you hopping on and spending some time with us. So take advantage and embrace this time with your loved ones and, you know, with yourself, honestly, and come into the new year ready and prepared, okay? And then make sure uh, I do have a new coaching class starting in late January, and there's a few openings in that. You could get your way into there or reach out. Our office will be closed or the holidays, but you could reach out and we'll put together a training program for you. And great start uh, for transforming the patient experience, which again is a I mean, it's kind of a thing you should do no matter what. And and I always laugh that I've never met anyone who thought they didn't have a good patient experience. But then when we change it, they're like, wow, statistically, pretty dramatically different. By the way, if you want to know if you have a great patient experience, it's the number of patients that are referred by other patients, right? I mean, I got clients who get 200 patient referrals a month. Yeah, it's like, ah, um, that's kind of crazy. So anyways, hey, appreciate you. Also, just have a fantastic holiday, and I'll see you in 2024. Take care. Bye.